This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Joe Mixon, though, 22 carries for 153 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. And I'm not done yet. Four catches for 58 yards and another touchdown through the air. Five total touchdowns to single-handedly get you a win. And the reason why I am not so enthusiastic about this is because I went up against Joe Mixon in three leagues oh yesterday okay i saw the one league but three leagues three Ooh. leagues going up against joe mixon i actually got the w in one of them which is but i had to sweat it out you yeah. know what i'm saying mm-hmm. i had to sweat it out a little bit uh juju came through for me you know late you know uh yeah. last night you know with his 10 catches and we'll get we'll talk about that in a second uh but you know if he didn't get those 10 catches though that wouldn't have worked out for me one yeah. of the best fantasy performances of all time by Joe Mixon. And he did it almost in the first half. He had four of those touchdowns in the first half. And I just yeah. want to say one thing. How can you predict this type of thing? Like, I mean, there is a way. Yeah. There is a way. Why wasn't he in everyone's DFS lineups every single week? I mean, he should have been, right? Because mm-hmm. he was near the top of the league in rushing attempts inside the 5 and 10-yard line. He was leading the league in those metrics. In yeah. those stats, and he only had two touchdowns with those opportunities. You're always going to regress to the mean at some point, mm-hmm. and it came in bunches on Sunday for Joe Mixon. We saw the same thing happen to AJ Brown the week before. Touchdowns yep. came in bunches. Why? Because according to what his opportunity looked like, it wasn't matching up with its, with the amount of touchdowns that usually correlate to that type of opportunity. Same thing happened with Joe Mixon here. It's, it was yeah. going to happen. We didn't know what was going to happen. Five touchdowns is a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. No one's predicting that. But a two-touchdown game, a three-touchdown game, that was bound to happen for Joe Mixon at some point, and it happened big time on mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah, no way no way to predict this kind of performance, but just awesome if you have him, terrible if you don't. I mean, I know what it's like. I played against Jonathan Taylor last year when he put up the 50 points, and it just seems like they never stopped getting the ball, and they're, it seems like their offense is always on the field. You know, in which case, in the Bengals-Carolina game, you know, it was. The Bengals' offense was always on the field. Um, but, yeah, we, we talk about it all the time on here. And I feel like I hammer this point home all the time. It's just, you know, about the volume, not matching production. Joe Mixon was having that for a long time. Now, we didn't obviously say that we weren't hammering home that, you know, Joe Mixon has this upside, you know, that these touchdowns are going to come. He's going to have a three-touchdown game or anything like that or anything higher than that. Obviously, a five-touchdown game, not even on the radar. But you have to figure, like, we kind of saw this type of uptick in production coming, like you said. So maybe not this, but we saw it coming. The same thing that we've talked about with, like you said, A.J. Brown. And Justin Jefferson, you know, in a much smaller way, he he ended that touchdown through the air drought. 
you know, he, he caught a touchdown on the first drive. So you know, like, he almost had, he almost had a second as well yeah. if it wasn't pass interference. Right. So it was it was coming. You know, this kind of stuff happens. You know, a little bit more often than you you know you might think. So just keep an eye out for those because if you're trying to make decisions about who you're going to play, you know, if guys are really lagging behind in terms of production, but the utilization's there, you know, maybe let that dictate your choice a little bit. Yeah, I agreed, hundred percent. And you know, for for DFS as well, like. You know, we want to, especially when you're trying to, you know, make a lineup that's unique, right? It's like that when the opportunity is there, the player is good. You you want to keep putting those guys in those DFS lineups, especially GPP tournament lineups, because yeah. you want you want to a differentiate yourself and b, you know, the 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 guy who recency bias is a big thing, right? And if a guy in isn't DFS, doing his yeah. thing, you know, if a guy isn't playing well, or you know. But he's getting the opportunity. It's hard to put them in there, especially if they haven't had those big weeks. But mm-hmm. the guys, you know, the, <laughs> the DFS slate was over at like within an hour and a half after, you know, the, these games started, you know, on yeah. Sunday. So uh, very interesting. You know, I, I love when this type of thing stuff happens because it's like literally an analytics game at the end of the day, right? Like if you're looking mm-hmm. at the data, the data usually dictates how these things go, which is weird, right? It's like, nah, man, this is football. Like, yeah. no, but like if you look at the data, the data actually does correlate the same type of way. It always regresses to the mean at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and as somebody who like v- relies on data a lot in his analysis and in my analysis, I'm <laughs> third person right now, in my analysis and things <laughs> like that, um, you know, it, it this is the kind of thing. It's kind of cool. Yeah. But anyway, moving forward. Teacher Hawkinson, man, received nine targets <laughs> just five days after being traded to the Vikings, 23% target share. The dude was on the field for ninety percent of snaps. He called. He caught all nine of his targets for seventy yards. Yeah, he is like he has a chance of being very productive the rest of the way. <laughs> kind, Welcome kind to of crazy. I'm very surprised about his usage in this game. Welcome to the top five, TJ Hawkinson. There's literally nobody else. So congratulations, <laughs> you're in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he looks. He looks. He looked good. You know, yeah. it's weird. He got the usage that you, obviously we didn't anticipate, but. You know, this is the type of usage I was hoping for Naeem Hines, but that didn't happen, obviously. Um, but, you know, they traded for him. It was an intra-division trade, you know, so that kind of maybe tells you about how much they wanted to have him on the team. And it looks like they're going to use him. You know, Irv Smith wasn't getting that type of work at all. Now they have TJ Hawkinson. This is – it's not just a complimentary addition to this offense. He's a new weapon that looks like Kirk Cousins is going to be using every oh, week. Yeah. Hopefully this – target share gets maintained but the fact that this is happening like you said just five days after he got traded you know that gives me more hope that this can be sustainable um in this offense than other guys like you know Noah Fant just went off that's not gonna be sustainable much different situation and obviously Noah Fant wasn't just traded but you know this looks like much nicer production at tight end especially with the number of tight ends that you know aren't performing to expectations or what we want them to yeah, Noah Fan only ran a route on 63% of dropbacks, which is not what you want. Um, mm-hmm. We mentioned Noah Fan on the tight end episode uh, yeah. on on Friday because the matchup, we called out the matchup. The matchup was really good, and Noah Fan ended up having a really good game. Uh, yeah. But DJ Hawkinson ran a route on 86% of dropbacks. Uh, and, you know, Justin Jefferson was obviously at 100%. Adam Thielen was at 83% and KJ Osborne was at 88%. So like it's those four guys running routes and the guys who ended up getting the targets, Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson. This yeah. is good for Kirk Cousins too, right? Especially with Adam Thielen kind of like, you know, getting old 
on the decline a little <laughs> bit. Um, and you know, now they have a new young target to throw the ball to. This is great for this yeah. offense, and it's great for TJ Hawkinson. Yeah, one hundred percent. And he's a big, big target. You know, yeah. not that Adam Thielen isn't, and obviously Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson, but he's like a different type of target that they don't yes. have. Irv Smith was more athletic; he was a little bit more, you know, speedy. But right. he's always injured, you know, so They're you can't really hurt. rely on him. So with with uh, what's his name, TJ Hawkinson, you know, you have something you haven't had in this offense. I think that showed, you know, yesterday. Hundred percent. Without J.D. McKissick uh, in the commander's backfield this week, uh, it turned into a two-man committee. And Antonio Gibson, he got all the passing down work. He got every third down snap. He got every two-minute snap. And then on top of that, he only got two less carries than Brian Robinson. So if McKissick is out next week, Gibson should be started as a low-end RB2. You know, he didn't have the big production this game, but the usage was there. Um, And, you know, if McKissick's neck issue, he's, he's going to see a specialist, by the way, this week. Mm-hmm. So if it turns out to be serious and he's out for a few games, like I'd be buying Gibson, you know, if, if I need like an RB two, right. If I'm desperate for a running back, he's something that you can buy pretty cheap right now. Right. And oh, he yeah. can kind of like, just kind of, he's not a guy that I think has a tremendous upside. Um, I do think he has like solid week to week upside, but he's somebody that can kind of hold the fort down for you as yeah. an RB two, especially in PPR leagues in this week, you know, this week he, he wasn't peppered in the past game. But, you know, Minnesota has already been pretty good against running backs. They don't really allow a lot of receptions, so keep that in mind. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, so I don't think he's being viewed this way right now. Like, I have, like, good vibes on Gibson, like, for the next week or two or three if if McKissick is out. I don't think that is how the market is viewing him, especially with a low output this week. Uh, And I think that's going to help you uh, in that regard if you're trying to buy. Yeah, I I think that's a good point. You know, I'm not expecting too much from him, but the fact that, you know, he's getting more touches and he's getting more work, you know, over Brian Robinson. Brian Robinson doesn't look very good at all. I'm not saying that he's I'm not saying that he's not a good football player. Obviously, he's on an NFL team, but you know, it's just he doesn't look like anything it's, that should it's be all, talented. It's all relative. Like when we yeah. say a guy stinks, we're not comparing him to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're no. comparing him to his peers. <laughs> yeah. And and Antonio Gibson's doing what he needs to do in that backfield right now. Um, like I said, the expectation for me, I, I'm not Taking him, I'm not going to expect him to be high end RB2. I'm not expecting him to be even an RB2, but he's going to be able, like you said, hold down the fort. Um, I think you could probably get him for like almost nothing at this point. I mean, he had a a good game, but go ahead. I'll say this like, is there a chance that Ron Rivera gets fired, right, at some point in the next week or two? Yeah. And then Gibson's unleashed. That could happen. True. Yeah. It, it could happen. That's definitely something to think about. That's you know, just in the range of outcomes. Here, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. That's all. You don't you don't make a trade based on that happening. But no. it's just like you know we were talking about Kareem Hunt possibly being traded. You know that kind of thing. And I'm not saying that everybody's anticipating Ron Rivera getting fired, but that kind of thing can inflate a player's value right now. You know you could get you could get him right now because nobody's really thinking about that for really cheap. And if something like that would happen, you know you could sell on that. But obviously, it's not just all transactions that we're aiming for. You also want production for your lineup. Exactly. He, he can do that, exactly. too. Yeah. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next? last forever. 
The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Um, James Conner, uh, you know, he came back and, and he it, his usage was a great sign for me. And, you know, it, it looked like a lost season, to be honest with you. And you yeah. never know. Maybe he, he gets hurt again. But if he stays healthy, he should be all right for the rest of the year as an RB2. Uh, 71% of snaps, 70% route participation. Those two numbers right there, that correlates to RB1 production. That's RB1 yeah. usage right there. But since we haven't seen him stay healthy all year, you know, we I'm keeping the hope and like the the expectation at RB2 levels. So yeah. if you need a running back, uh, he's someone to buy if you have the stomach for him to potentially get hurt again, right? No. People are I'm tired ready of James to get hurt again. <laughs> People are tired of James Conner. They want nothing to do with him. Um, so he's easy to buy as well, right? He's yeah. just somebody that you can buy. The offense will get better, right? I think as the season moves on, moves along, Hollywood coming back, that sort of thing, the offense will get better. If James Conner's healthy the rest of the year, you know, this was a great sign for him. And this was a rib injury, right? It wasn't a lower, you know, body injury or anything like that. Mm-hmm. He's a cheap running back you can buy. So him and Antonio Gibson couple chief running backs. If I had to choose to buy one, it would be James Conner. Um, but both these guys are two, two guys you could potentially buy. I'm probably going to talk about these guys on Wednesday's episode. Yeah. We'll see if I can get some more buys or not uh, when it comes to running back position. But overall, like if you have James Conner, you don't know what to do with him. At least now you can start him. Yeah. At this point, you know, if I, if I have James Conner, I'm kind of like this is the last, you know, chance that he has to prove himself to me. You know, obviously, that's not <laughs> yeah. what he's doing. He's this not is the last his job, straw. His job is not to prove himself to me, uh, to his fantasy managers, you know. But as a fantasy manager, this is his last crack. If he gets injured again, you know, all hope is lost. Season's done. But if this workload is maintained, you know, I think that this is the low end of what we should expect with this type of workload, you know. His production will go up. If you get in the end zone, it's a much different story, which I think he should be able to. The offense is only going to get better, like you said. DeAndre Hopkins is still, you know, a pretty integral part. He's actually helped move the offense forward overall. Not only the passing game, but the run game. Things are looking a little bit better. But um, with Marquise Brown coming back, you know, the Cardinals have to get have to get it in gear at some point. I don't think they're going to be a rollover and die team, even though they're three and six. You know, I think they still have a shot to make a run at playoffs, and that's all you can ask for in terms of fantasy because I'll have players and, playing. Cliff Kingsbury yeah. is also playing for his job. I mean, he's coaching for point. his job right now. Well, he sure. should be. If he's not, he should be. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> 100%. Because they, they've demonstrated patience with him. You know what I'm saying? They, they really have. They yeah. really have. Um, all right, let's move on to a running back who is the opposite of somebody that you're hoping does well, Derrick Henry. He now mm-hmm. has five straight 100 rushing yard games, one of them being a 200-yard 200, 200 rushing game. He has nine rushing touchdowns on the year through eight games. Defenses know exactly what his offense is doing. Right last night, mm-hmm. they didn't need to throw the ball, and they didn't. Right, Malik yeah. Willis was just there, just like this the to guy like taking hand the ball off. That's it. Like that's his job. Like he it didn't have to be him. It could have been anybody. Um, but you know, they continue to find a way to get it done with Derrick Henry, and you know they're competing. They were competing with the Chiefs all night, which is so weird to me that this happened. I think they converted one third down all game long. They had no offensive production after the first half, but somehow, someway, they, they they were able to stay in this game. It's the defense. I, I'll say this. I know it's not as many games as he played la- last year. Last year, he played one more game and got hurt, but I'm going to go ahead and take the L on Derrick Henry, like mm-hmm. this year. Not somebody I want to know on my fantasy teams. He's defying all the odds 
Okay. It's never a good bet, in my opinion, to bet on an anomaly. But if you're going to take a bet on an anomaly, it's Derrick Henry, right? He mm-hmm. was the bet to take, right? And that bet is working out so far. And right now he's on pace for 400 carries this season, uh, which would be a career high for him. But him to do this at 28 years old, that is a uh, he, he'll be quite the anomaly. But listen, he is a different type of running back, right? Like, yeah. If he's able to get it done like this when every team, every defense knows exactly what they're going to do, it's special. Yeah. Did he run like a, I think it was like a 4-4 or something like that? Yeah. So when you have a 240, 250-pound running back running a 4-4, yeah, you could probably bet on a unicorn like that maybe. You know, I don't know. I I wasn't too enchanted. I I wasn't sure if he's going to be able to, you know, to get right back to the point where, you know, he's an auto start and a free 25 points a game, you know? But it's looking like that's what it's going to be because, like you said, this passing offense, obviously Ryan Tannehill isn't anything special, but without Ryan Tannehill, they don't they don't have to field wide receivers. You know, why don't you just put out the rest of your offensive line and just, just spam goal line rush form, formation and let Derrick Henry do his thing? That's, that's what I would do in Madden. So I was kind of laughing watching the game last night. You know, I was like, man, this is what I used to do. Like back when I was playing Madden, you just hand it to Derrick Henry and let him take it. Obviously, you know, outside of that, there wasn't much production. Um, if you're gonna be if you're gonna have anybody on this offense, it's Derrick Henry. That's really all you can ask for. There's not much else to say about Derrick Henry. No, you know, he, he he's I just, just wanted to, Henry. I just want yeah. to give him give him his flowers, uh, you know, from a fantasy perspective, just because we haven't really been talking about him. And, you know, if you guys watch my pod, podcast and stuff before the season, we were not high on him, right? And yeah. Part of the reason was because, you know, the numbers didn't look good. Like his mm-hmm. age, the amount of carries he already had. Usually running backs, you know, take a big dip and the foot injury didn't help either. But, hey, yeah, he's the king. Put the crown on him. Yeah, okay? crown the king. The, um, the, the question I have just before we go on about yeah. Derek Henry is, did anybody expect, like, did anybody actually, ex- I mean, you could say there's some Titan fans maybe, but did anyone actually expect him to just, return right back the same way he was obviously oh yeah oh yeah dude like we we got a lot of pushback you think for that oh yeah we got so much pushback bro you should see my dms (laughs) what are you talking about this is the king we're talking about this is derrick henry he's gonna be fine like you know and i had my points you know i had my i think they were relatively valid yeah it is what it is man derrick henry was derrick henry did his thing dude like you know it's it's you know, it's one of those situations where, you know, you you do your best analysis to kind of come up with a conclusion. These these, these outliers are going to happen. That's why this game is fun. That's yeah. why if if things that if th- if everything happened exactly how you thought it was going to play out, it wouldn't be fun. It wouldn't be where it's at. It wouldn't be the game we love playing. It's that it's the randomness that makes it fun. Right. Yeah. You could do your best to try to determine what it is. And that's what we do as analysts. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, you know, these type of performances happen and these type of, and that's why these guys are special. That's why we love to watch. Mm-hmm. And there's not that many players more exciting to watch than Derrick Henry, especially yeah. when he gets on, you know, when he gets a full speed, when he gets full speed in the open field and there's a safety back there, like, oh my God. Yeah. You know, like he's coming right <laughs> at me. I got to make this tackle. Like that is, that's something else, man. You know? And it's the one last thing about Derrick Henry. When you see him running, he takes such big strides. It doesn't look like he's moving that fast, but he's right. flying. It's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. So another guy who might be flying soon for the Chiefs is Kadarius Tony. He made his debut debut last night. Um, he saw the first target on the first play of the game, but didn't do much after that. And I can see him being a lot more involved 
next week. Uh, in the meantime, Juju had 12 targets himself, caught 10 for 88. Travis Kelsey caught 10 of 17 targets for 106 yards. Uh, keep in mind that Patrick Mahomes threw the ball 68 times. That's ridiculous. In this game. Uh, the <laughs> so, anti-Titans. He was making up for what the Titans weren't doing. That's That was Patrick Mahomes. Exactly. He was doing the Derrick Henry type, had Derrick Henry type of volume, but, it, you know, as a passer. Yeah. Uh, but Juju's, if you look at Juju's target share, uh, it ends up coming out to 17.6%, which is literally like exactly what his target share was all year long. So it's not like his target share went up or anything with those 12 targets. Uh, just kind of like it is what his season average was. Uh, so just kind of keep that in mind. But this is like a good opportunity. Like if you want to sell Juju right now, like I'm not advising you to, but if you wanted to, like this is a great time. He had a couple of really good performances before the buy 12 targets in this game. Like yeah. this is pretty good because you have that potential that Kadarius Tony comes in and be, is a lot more involved. Um, you know, and, and I just say Nicole Harbin. Okay, if you have him on your roster, you might be able to sell him too in a package. Like he's had four straight good fantasy games. Yeah, you know, but this is not sustainable. Like less than fifty percent of his routes, um, you know, f- of routes run from weeks four to six, and then fifty-seven percent of week seven, then a buy, then fifty fifty-seven percent last night of route participation. He needs to be up around 80-85% at least for a wide receiver to continue to sustain this type of performance. He's basically doing Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, what he was doing, you know, in the beginning of the season when he kept on scoring touchdowns. Like Nicole Hardman took that from Clyde Edwards Hilaire. That's literally what's happening with him. Yeah. You know, with Kadarius Tony coming on too now, you know, try to take advantage of some elevated value on your bench if you have him. Take advantage now. Mm-hmm. Why you can't. Did anybody check under Nicole Hardman's helmet to make sure it wasn't just Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Wearing his jersey, you know what I'm saying? Did anybody check that? Because that's that's it's funny because you bring that up because it's just like that's exactly kind of what I was thinking. You know, it's like he's producing even though he's not getting all the targets and the work that he should. Um, not maybe not they should, but that you would expect with this type of production. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with just you know the Chiefs' offense being on a tear. Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball 68 times, even though he can do it, he shouldn't be doing that. You know, every week I don't I don't think that's going to continue to hold up. Um. Yeah, I think Juju, honestly, he's looking like what we wanted him to be. You know, with Patrick Mahomes, what we kind of expected. You know, we thought Patrick Mahomes would elevate him um, a little bit. Not that Juju Smith needs, Juju Smith Schuster needs to be elevated. You know, we know he's talented. He, he, he does. Okay, a little bit. I think he does. Uh, he can, Anybody can benefit. Even Cooper Cup can benefit from a little sprinkle of Patrick Mahomes magic. All right. Oh, of course. For anybody sure. can do with a little Patrick Mahomes magic. But Juju Smith Schuster seems, it took him a little while, but it seems like they're building the rapport now and he's doing his thing. Um, you yeah, know, he, he he looks good. It's a Call of Duty. I mean, imagine how much Call of Duty they played over this bye week. Yeah, right. That's what it must be. They how, played, how many? How many? Uh, how many wins do you think they got? Like he's just conti- continuing. They probably this. killed it. I wonder how many battle royals they won. Yeah, like, over the past like, week, yeah, week yeah, and a yeah. half. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if, if you were stashing Isaiah Pacheco, um, I think the only way he gets any sort of work this season is if Jarek McKinnon gets hurt. I think Ceh isn't the guy to worry about. Honestly, like McKinnon was on the field and ran fifty-two routes in this game. He saw eight targets, and Pacheco and CEH combined for 39% of snaps. Combined for 39% of snaps. So Pacheco saw only five more snaps than CEH. I don't think he's a mustache. He's not a mustache at this point. <laughs> That's what I was going to uh, say. <laughs> a mustache. He's not a mustache at this point. Uh, he's not a mustache right now. Yes. Um, it, you know, I don't think you need to hold on to him. Like, even if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire gets hurt, let's say he does. I hope he does. I'm not going to win. Um mm. How much more does his value increase by? Like maybe a little bit, you know, and, and he's still an RB2 at best. 
you know, low end RB two, I think, you know, and he needs some scoring opportunities, but yeah. I, I don't see it. Now, if McKinnon gets banged up, I think that's when Pacheco will likely, you know, have some mm. value. But even then, CH, CH and him are probably going to have a 50-50 split. You know, yeah. this is a three-man backfield right now. With It seems like Jarek McKinnon, you know, it's obviously a pass-first offense, and Jarek McKinnon is the guy they want catching the passes there. Um, that's why Isaiah Pacheco hasn't been doing very well. They haven't, obviously, last night looked really bad because they threw it 68 times. No one's going to do well on five carries. Regardless, even if they run that one of those in for a touchdown, two of those in for a touchdown, it's not going to be enough um, to make you fancy relevant on long-term basis because yeah. this is where the volume just is not there. If the Chiefs were a little bit more, just a little bit more run base, maybe Isaiah Pacheco would have some value. But they've been throwing exactly. it. They've just been chucking around the yard the whole time. So Isaiah Pacheco is just getting the short end of the stick. It's nothing against him. It's just the workload hasn't been there. So this is the last topic of this episode. I want to move on to Leonard Fournette. And we talked about the expected points, uh, the expected, you know, yards, you know, per carry, right? Like for, yeah. for Leonard Fournette earlier. What are we doing with him, Zach? Like, I, I know you, you've you been truthing for him. Yeah. You know, you haven't been worried. Three straight games of less than 10 carries, seven of nine games averaging less than three yards per carry this year. He had three targets each of the last two games, but had seven targets, you know, this week to keep his fantasy value afloat in PPR leagues. But, should we continue to be ranking him as an every week RB1 right now? Or is he out of that RB1 conversation at this point? Um, if he's going to be an RB1, it's going to be a low-end RB1. I'm not sure if I'd have him, you know, this next week as an RB1 because they are playing Seattle and their defenses looked a little bit better. Um, but his production, he had, okay, the usage hasn't been there. I know we preach usage here, but the production hasn't left you out to dry. And that's why that's the only reason I would have him. So I was like, maybe an RB2, high-end RB2 right now. He hasn't left you out to drive. The production has been there enough that you're not screwed putting him in your lineup and you can continue to start him in your lineup. He just doesn't have the upside that he had before. I think he can get back to it. It's just this offense has to, you know, get moving and find itself because there was another game which just looked terrible. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he hasn't looked great. You know, it's not like... It's not like um you know, what's his name is coming in. Rashad White is coming in and just like knocking the socks off everybody. Like, wow, yeah. like he should be the guy. It's not like a Tony mm-hmm. Pollard situation where he just comes in and, you know, every <laughs> every touch he gets is like going for 10 yards. That's not really the case right now. But, you know, it's more like, dude, like, you just like, can you play Leonard Fournette with confidence? And at this point, okay, here, here are the running backs that you might want to play over him, right? Like McCaffrey, yeah. Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, Joe Mixon, Saquon. Mm-hmm. Um, Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs, Travis Etienne. Um, who am I missing? Um, oh, Seahawks, C- C- uh, Kenneth Walker. Um, th- yeah, 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 there's like a, a, a bunch of running Pierce, backs, that, maybe Damian Pierce for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a bunch of running backs that I think that you know it's going to shove him out of RB1 territory. It's I think it's going to so. shove him out. Yeah, I think so. I think so. But he's still their guy, and you know, hopefully, they, they their offense can improve, but it's not looking great right now. You got to you got to knock him down a little bit at this yeah. point because Leonard um, Fournette's okay. going to go as the Buccaneers offense goes and the Buccaneers offense yes. has been sucking so Leonard Fournette's been sucking you know I, I agreed agreed that's really what it's, what it's coming down to before we leave any other injuries we need to talk about you know Josh Allen we mentioned his elbow injury Aaron Jones we mentioned the echo injury Deion J- Jackson we mentioned his injury I think that's about it yeah there wasn't anything too crazy this week so um so with that um thanks for thanks for listening to this podcast guys 
Appreciate you guys. If you could download, subscribe to the podcast or whatever platform you listen to, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever, downloading and subscribing would mean the world to us. We really appreciate it. You guys tuning in every day uh, and hanging out with us. So we appreciate it, guys. We'll talk to you guys soon. We'll be back tomorrow with the Wave of Wire podcast. See you later. Bye-bye. Take it easy.